Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. Uh, praise the Lord. Uh, I am one. Hopefully I won't be before. I hope I won't be before you long. I don't think I am. Um, but I really just want to give you what the Lord has given me. I will say, you guys, um, you know, the, I had a moment there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it is good when the Lord confirms some things for you when, you know, you struggled. I struggled with procrastination and uh, Netflix had my attention and the news and everything else had my attention this weekend. Uh, really wanted to give you a word and felt like, I was like, Lord, I don't know if this is what um, what I'm hearing is right. And, you know, I, I hope, I, I want to be relevant. I just don't want to just give you, you know, some pre-cooked microwave dinner. But uh, I want you to be able to feast on what the Lord has, what the Lord gives, gives us. And so, um, you know, it was just confirmed throughout the service already. And, uh, and you know, the Lord just said, you don't waver um, in what I'm telling you. Don't doubt that I'm telling you and so what, what to speak. And so uh, focus faith, uh, practical steps to achieving what God has called you to do. And we're going to be in Nehemiah chapter 4. Uh, oh, just well, That's where we're going to be. <laughs> we're going to camp out there and go through that. Um, but we're going to look at some practical steps to achieving what God has called you to do. Uh, and we're going to use an example. There are many examples we can use in the Bible. We're going to look at Nehemiah in particular. Um, so re- let's review what has been going on this year, 2020. <laughs> it's been a rough year. <laughs> um, and some of the things when I was reviewing the year, I was like, I forgot about that. Oh, God, that happened this year. Uh, you know, Iran launched ballistic missiles at two military bases in Iraq, injuring American soldiers. And we started the year wondering, were there, was there going to be a World War III? I don't know if you remember that, because I had forgot because so much had happened. <laughs> how can you forget that we were possibly going to have a World War III? But that's how the year's been. Um, now, this may not be anything to some of you, but Prince Harry and Meghan Markle announced that they were stepping down from the duties <laughs> at Buckingham Palace. That may have bothered some of you. I don't know. It didn't bother me too much. Uh, the impeachment trial of President Donald Trump uh, started in August and ended in February. Uh, Kobe Bryant and his daughter, uh, along with seven other passengers, died in a helicopter crash this year. Uh, the United Kingdom withdrew from uh, the European Union. And that may not make a difference to some of you, but some of you it may be. <laughs> Sign of the times. Uh, Trump declares a national emergency amid the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, I think that happens in March. And then all of a sudden... Schools, colleges, and universities just cut their school years short, sending all the students home for fear of the virus. Um, now, I don't know, because of that, Tiger King, Joe Exotic, and Carol Baskin became uh, Netflix stars. Uh, did you watch that, Tiger King? I know it's, I, I watched it. Everyone, come on, you guys. Look it up. I watched it. It was a waste of three hours, but they did watch it. <laughs> Uh, the Dow plunges 2,997 points in the worst drop since 1987 amid coronavirus fears. Now, there's police brutality. Uh, coronavirus lost the lead because racism had been undefeated world champs since the beginning of humanity. <laughs> Protests, riots, looting in almost every state or, and around the world. 
people lost jobs. People were made to go to work and put themselves at greater risk, some of them. Uh, and then we had, I don't know what happened to the murderous hornets. I don't, they, they, they got lost in the shuffle. Remember we had those hornets that were coming up? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what happened to them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they saw what was going on. They said, we don't want none of that. <laughs> uh, toilet paper and hand sanitizer becomes more valuable than gold. <laughs> uh, gas prices dropped. And then they're back up again. <laughs> Everything has become so political. Mask wearing has become the new fashion trend. And let us not forget the dust cloud storm that is coming up uh, in America. I think the southern part. I don't think we'll see it. But I thought it was fake. I saw it and I was like, oh, that's not real. And then it was on TV. And I was like, oh, I guess that's a thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, earthquakes. Uh, yeah. This is not including, this is just what's going on in the world. This is not including your own personal life stuff that's going on, you know. You know, just work, family, death, personal illness, health issues, personal, personal livelihood, financial struggles, etc. And it's just June. <laughs> we have six more months to go, y'all. Uh, and personally, you got, you know, in the midst of that, you had seniors, my son, who was graduating, who missed out on all the senior stuff, which I'm not sure he really got into, but, you know, there are so many kids who missed out on that prom and senior day and graduation and had to kind of do some alternate things. Um, I'm sure, th I mean, this will be a year that we will always remember. I, I'm quite sure it will be uh, pre-coronavirus, post-coronavirus. Uh, and so you may feel stressed, you may feel guilty, you may feel inadequate, you may feel overwhelmed, you may feel, what in the world have I got myself into? <laughs> There's just so much going on. You may want to go sit in a dark room and eat a pint of ice cream. <laughs> For some of you, it may be chocolate. Uh, I prefer vanilla. Uh, <laughs> uh, but whatever that satisfaction is, uh, whether it be watching Netflix or Amazon Prime or Disney Plus, Apple TV, just regular TV. I don't know who does that anymore, but for those of you who do watch regular TV, that may be your thing. Um, but yeah, this could be a stressful, overwhelming time. And some of us, for some people, it may be paralyzing. They just don't know what to do uh, and how to respond or how to react to all that's going on in the world. Psalms 46 says that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be moved, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, we will not be moved, because we build our foundation on Jesus. Looking at Nehemiah, practical steps. Uh, let's look at the life of Nehemiah. He was a focused leader. Uh, and let me give you some back, background. Um, Zerubbabel, Ezra, and Nehemiah uh, were leaders, and they kind of go together. Zerubbabel is not a book in himself, but it, start, it starts in Ezra. Uh, but then Ezra and then Nehemiah are all working towards rebuilding uh, the kingdom, or Jerusalem. And so uh, Ezra in particular was, was good on the Torah, and he was bringing the community together. So he brought people back to Jerusalem to rebuild 
uh, the temple. Uh, and Nehemiah picks up after Ezra. Uh, and he also, as a leader in uh, Judea, Persia, which is present-day Iran, uh, he hears about what is going on in Jerusalem and how the temple is broken down and the walls are destroyed. And so he has a burden on his heart. The Lord speaks to him and says, you know, I want you to go back and rebuild the walls. And so he speaks to his leader, uh, King, I think is Artexia, uh, and a request to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. Uh, and he grants him that wish, and he also grants him, write some letters so he can have safe passage and uh, gives him permission to use some of the timber in the royal forest to rebuild the gate, the, um, the gates, some of the gates, or the doors to the gates. And so that's where we pick up with Nehemiah. And so in chapter 4, Nehemiah is set out, and he, he had secretly went out the night before or to uh, look and see what was going on with the wall, the destruction of the temple and, and what, what he needed to do. And so he went out, in chapter 3 it goes through that. And so chapter 4, he is met with opposition right off the bat. There are some people who get word of what he's wanting to do and don't like it. And then that's what the enemy does. When he sees you making a plan that you're going to change your life, <laughs> you're going <laughs> to do right, that you're going to you know, do whatever, you're going to have your devotion, your prayer time, or you're going to give, or whatever the case, whatever it is, the enemy hears, or hears you say that, and he's like, ah, I got something for them. And so <laughs> he begins to throw some things at you, you know, throw some doubt your way, throw some fear your way, throw some coronavirus your way, uh, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, he begins to throw those things at us. And the first thing that Nehemiah does, uh, which I admonish you to do, is pray. So after it talks about in chapter 4 uh, where Sam Ballad and his friends uh, mocked Nehemiah and said some derogatory things about him. And, you know, they're not going to amount to anything. Uh, in verse 4 and 5, uh, Nehemiah prays. He did not respond to their criticism. He did not uh, go about and write a mean tweet to them or um, <laughs> say something angry on their post on Facebook. He didn't do that. He prayed. And he might have been justified, you know, because they said some nasty things to him. You know, someone would say, well, you know, you should probably get back at them and, you know, do whatever. He might have been justified in that. But no, he prays. And I suggest that we do the same. So he did not react to that criticism. He did not retaliate. He asked God for help. Nehemiah acknowledged his feelings to God. He said, in verse 4, you can turn there. He said, then I prayed. Hear us, our God, for we are being mocked. May their scoffing fall back on their own heads, and may they themselves become captives in a foreign land. Do not ignore their guilt. Do not blot out their sins, for they have provoked you to anger here in front of the builders. So he did a mean prayer, but he prayed nonetheless. <laughs> Uh, prayer would also help Nehemiah gain a new perspective of his reaction to Israel's enemies. He would gain insight on how to respond to them and how to better lead his people. And that is what we want to do. We want to gain uh, in our prayer, you know, however that prayer looks, it's going to help us gain insight on how to deal with the situation at hand. It's going to give us some wisdom. Uh, 
no, uh, James 1.5 says, If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to you. And Nehemiah had a sense of God's presence and his sovereignty. Um, he was like, this is not my battle, as David said, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. So he knew who he was praying to, but he prayed. And he said, this is not my fight. I don't have to go tick for tat with the enemies of Israel at this time. At this time. The battle is the Lord's. And the God, Lord gave him wisdom. So that's number one. He prayed. Number two, he stayed focused. So at six, it says, at last the wall was completed to half its height around the entire city for the people had worked with enthusiasm. They work feverishly, working with their hearts. And the NIV says the people work with all their heart. They were not sidetracked by what Sam Ballad and his friends were doing and what the enemy was trying to throw at them. They refused to be sidetracked. They worked. They're not, we're not going to pay attention to what's going on with them. We're going to do what the Lord told us to do. And I think that is important for us individually in our lives, but also corporately as a body. Individually, the Lord has told you to do some things. The Lord has told you to accomplish some things in 2020 and you may have been sidetracked <laughs> because of all that has gone on and some of that is not your fault at all but just like nehemiah it wasn't his fault that sam ballot decided to mock him and say some things but he still stayed focused on the task that god had given him and that is what he wants you to do today he wants you to stay focused on the task that god has given you individually and as a corporate body we also, as Cornerstone and as the body of Christ, have to stay focused on the task that God has called us to. We cannot allow the world and its systems and what is going on to distract us from what God has called us to. Now, we may have to be creative in what that is and what that looked like, and that is where that wisdom comes in. That is why you're going to pray. But if God told you to go witness to the world, then maybe you can't travel, but maybe you can post some things online. Maybe you're supposed to be in ministry. Maybe you're supposed to be working with some youth in your community. Maybe this is an opportunity to reach out to those neighbors that you're going to see, you're seeing more frequently. I mean, my neighbors are walking my neighborhood so frequently. It's, like, it's a, just a, a steady flow of people walking around. And maybe that is an opportunity for me to get out there and share the good news of the gospel with them. We have to be creative in that. You know, I'll wear my mask. We'll be outside. <laughs> and we'll social distance. Um, but I still can share Jesus. And whatever that is, whatever God has called you to do, don't get sidetracked. So he prayed, he stayed focused. Then in verse 9, he prayed some more. <laughs> uh, because Sam Ballard wasn't going to stop and his friends weren't going to stop. The enemy is not going to stop attacking you. The enemy is not going to say, oh, they prayed and they're still working. Let's just draw back and we'll, we won't bother them anymore. I don't think so. <laughs> I had knee, uh, knee surgery and infection in my knee earlier this year. Um, so <laughs> last week, which is a blessing, uh, but last week, the, my foot, my right foot <laughs> is bothering me. I told Dietrich, I said, I'm not going to the doctor. I don't care <laughs> what happens because I've been to more doctor's appointments and in the hospital more this year than my entire life combined. Um, so, so yeah, that's an, I think it's like, and it's, initially I was like, oh, I'm so bothered by this. But now I was like, you know, it's an attack of the enemy. 
The enemy wants me to get distracted. He wants me to be distracted by my knee. And now he wants me to be distracted by this foot. What's going on with it? So I'm foc- so focused on that that I'm losing sight of what's going on around me. And so then, you know, a couple weeks go by and I'm still thinking about this foot and not what the Lord has done for me and what, how he's blessed me and not how I should be sharing the good news of the gospel with other people. And that, that's how it happens, right? You know, and the year goes by and he keeps throwing darts and we keep getting distracted. He's throwing that same, like the pastor says, he throws that same ball out. The enemy throws that same ball out and we run, go chase after that ball. You <laughs> realize, ah, and you throw it back down. And we go back to doing what the Lord calls us to do. And he rolls that ball out again. We're like, oh, there's that ball. We do it, right? That's what we do. Pray some more. Verse 9. Uh, um, I'm going to get here. I'm, this print, I'm, I'm getting old eyes. And so my, um, <laughs> I'm trying to read these words. And this print is. And that's another thing. I, I need some bifocals or progressive lenses, I should say. I don't bifocals are what old people use. I don't use bifocals. I use progressive. I need progressive lenses, which I refuse to get at this point. Which I need, though. <laughs> uh, they all made their plans to come and fight against uh, Jerusalem and throw us into confusion. But we prayed to our God and guarded the city day and night to protect ourselves. So again, they prayed. Pray. Stay focused. Pray some more. <laughs> That's three. Pray some more. You begin to think upon the work of God and you say to yourself, it's too big. The days are too tough and the circumstances are too hard. And I'm sure Nehemiah and the people of Israel, the children of Israel, were thinking that, that this is too much. This task is too great. We have attacks or people threatening to attack us and we have to rebuild this wall and there's a lot of rubble and it would take forever to do and they could have just washed their hands of the whole situation and went home and said no this is too much we're not going to do it but they didn't do that uh, they per- they per- persevered on they were not discouraged or maybe they were discouraged and uh, Nehemiah uh, which is four focused their attention on the Lord uh, which is what we needed to do focus our attention on the Lord. So in verse 14, if you turn there or get there, it says, Then as I looked over the situation, I called together the nobles and the rest of the people and said to them, Do not be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord, who is great and glorious, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. I was about to say homies, but my um, <laughs> fight for your homies. <laughs> that would be appropriate too. Um, they had to remember their focus was on the Lord and not on the situation at hand. Remember the Lord. Call to mind the great attributes of God. Remember what He has done and what His Word says. Recall His great promises. Meditate on His Word. Meditate on that love cross that we must bear. Isaiah 26. 3 and 4 says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. The Lord is ever, trust in the Lord in his everlasting strength. 40, uh, Isaiah 40, 28 and 31 says, have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. 
His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases their strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young man shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We're going to wait on the Lord. We're going to put our focus on him and not on all that's going on around us. And it would be so easy to do. But we're not going to do that. In Matthew 6, 31, 35, I won't read that, but it just talks about, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We're going to pray. We're going to stay focused. We're going to pray some more. We're going to put our focus on the Lord. Five, we're going to ask for help. We're going to rally together because you can't do this alone. Um, And this is verse 19 through 21. Now, Nehemiah asked for help in the beginning, but I'm just going to point this out at this point uh, because it is so important uh, that he had people helping him. So if you look at verses 19, 19 through 21, let me get there. He says, then I explained to the nobles and officials and all the people, the work is very spread out. And we are widely separated from each other along the wall. When you hear the blast of the trumpet rush to wherever it is sounding, then our God will fight for us. We worked early and late for sunrise to sunset, and half the men were always on guard. Um, let, me, let me get, um, can I use you? Come on. You're going to be my uh, battle buddy. Because <laughs> what happened is they were fighting, and some people were working, and they took shifts. And you're going you're gonna to fight first. All right, see. And I'm going to be working on building a wall. <laughs> he was on guard because I had to build this wall, and then I straight up. Now you go build a wall, and I'm coming out here and be on guard, making sure that you can build a wall in safety, not have anyone. Now, good. Thank you so very much, Pastor Taylor. Appreciate it. <laughs> now, um, you know, Linda and Minerva said some things earlier, and, and I knew I was going to do this example. When they said it, I was like, you know, again, Lord, you are just confirming some things. Because when we're going to be battling or, or we have each other, if you're going to be my battle buddy, I can't have any disunity between us. I have to be able to trust you that you're going to be on watch. Because my back is turned. I'm building. I'm working. I'm doing whatever I need to do to build this wall. And I need for you to be on watch for me. Whether it be prayer, whether it be, you know, giving, whatever it is, you're on watch. And you have to protect that person that's working. And then when you switch up, they have to be able to trust you to do the same thing. We can't have any isms. We can't have any schisms. We can't have any... You know, oh, I don't know if I like this person. They wore the wrong color or they wore my color and they shouldn't have worn it. Whatever. We can't have that because I have to trust that you're going to be working for me. When we're, our goal is to build this wall. Our goal is to win the city. Your goal in your life is whatever the Lord has called you to do. And you're going to rally some people together to help you get there. And as children or body of Christ, we're going to rally around you. 
We're going to rally around Jim, and we're going to pray, and we're going to believe his, for his healing. We're not going, you're not going to be out here by yourself. You're not going to be fighting this battle by yourself, Linda. You're not going to be fighting this battle by yourself, Jim. We're going to be with you. We're going to be fighting this for you. You're going to be able to rest while we're on guard for what the enemy may be trying to throw at you. That is what we're supposed to do as the children of God. That is what individually all of us should be doing for each other. And that is how the world is won. When they see us in the midst of all this going on, all this going on in the world, and they see us love each other, us protecting one another, us looking out for one another, no matter, not us not even concerned about myself, I'm more concerned about what we're going to do, what the body of Christ is going to do. When they see that, they can't help but be attracted to that. And be, and, and be changed because of that. And want that same thing for themselves. Ah. <laughs> we have it. We're going to ask for help. We're going to rally together. We can't do this alone. The enemy is wise with his attacks. And he knows right where to attack you. <laughs> right when to attack you. Uh, to get you distracted. We need to be ready to fight. So 5, 6, and 7 are all in verses 19 to 20. I'm not going to read it. Uh, but uh, we must be ready to fight. Ephesians 6 says, Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness, of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. This is therefore, in verse 13, take up the whole armor of God. And it goes on what that armor is. We must be ready to fight. Now, even if the Lord fights for us, he wants us to be ready. <laughs> he may fight the battle for us. He may just say, hey, you just got just go sing. Even when I don't see it, <laughs> you're still working. And I'm going to fight for you. <laughs> he never stops working. And so even when you may be resting, he's still fighting on your behalf. And then he may want you to fight for your brother and sister in Christ. He may want you to go out and do spiritual warfare, to pray, to fast, to, to, to do some things to help one another out, to move this body forward, to move you forward in life your personal growth, this body growth, and the body of Christ for it. So five was ask for help. Six, be ready to fight. Seven, don't stop working on God's plan. In 19 and 20, it says they return to the wall to continue working. They never stop. So many times the enemy will attack us and we stop. And we forget about all we were supposed to be doing and we focus on the hurt foot or, you know, whatever else has come up in our lives. Um, dust clouds out of Africa. I don't know where it's coming from, but <laughs> we're focused on that and not what God has called us to do. But they return to work. And then uh, the final thing is eight, and they develop a servant's attitude. So Nehemiah never, he didn't, he was a leader, and he could have easily said, you know, I'm the leader, I'm just going to oversee this, you know, you guys do the work, and I'm going to sit in my office and just kind of oversee and get reports to come in. No. It says that Nehemiah had on his battle garment 
the whole time. They, they stayed out and they fought. Uh, verse 22, let's turn there right quick, 22 and 23. It says, I also told everyone uh, living outside the walls to stay in Jerusalem that that way they, are, their ser- they and their servants could help with guard duty at night and work during the day. During this time, none of us, not I, nor my relatives, nor my servants, nor my guards were with me. Everyone took off, um, he said, we never took off our clothes. We carried our weapons with us at all times, even when we went to get water. They never, they never took a break. He never took a break. He was right there with them working, building the wall on what the Lord has called them to do. This unity is why we're important. This is why unity is important. Uh, Jesus is praying for us. I preached on that a couple of Sundays ago, John 17. We need each other for the service of what the Lord has called us to do. We can't do it without one another. And I think the blessing in that, I'm about to close, is that if we, and I want to say this, um, this this is for Cornerstone, this is for you. The blessing is that is in the outcome. So if we are able to perfect this, if we're able to do this, I believe the Lord is saying, whatever you think, However, it may take long, however long you think it may be, he's going to shorten it because that's what he did for them. He says, you know, so um, this is in chapter six of Nehemiah 15 and 16. It says the wall was finished in 20, uh, uh, well, 52 days. They finished the wall. And it happened when all their enemies heard it and all the nations around them saw these things. They were very disheartened in their heart and in their eyes. For they perceive that this work was done by our God. I don't think Nehemiah had any idea that they would be able to finish that work as quickly as they did. And there may be some things in your life that you say, oh, it's going to take five years. It's going to take 10 years. It's going to take 20 years. It's going to take a lot to get through all this rubble and all this trash and rebuild this wall. And I sense the Lord is saying, I can do it (laughs) faster than what you think. And even though you may be June and we're entering in July, and you feel like 2020 is almost, so, you know, halfway done, and I haven't accomplished any of my, you know, New Year's resolutions or whatever you wanted or had called it at the start of the year. The Lord is saying, I can complete the work that I've called you to do faster than what you think. Do we believe it? Are we standing up here? Or do we really believe that as a body, God can complete and do what Cornerstone needs to be done faster than what we think. We had a meeting yesterday, and, you know, I left a little overwhelmed. I was like, oh, there's a lot of work to do. Uh, but I was reminded that God can complete the work faster than what we think. He's not on our timetable. And what you think may take a year, he can do in three months. And what you think may take six years, he could do in a day. He can turn the hearts of men and turn things and give you so much favor that it is astonishing. And the people will know and you will know that it is God. I had nothing. I I know I couldn't have done that. It had to be God. My mother reminded me. She was visiting my son graduate uh, last weekend. Seemed like decades ago. (laughs) Last weekend she was visiting for his graduation. And um, I went to work out with my sister. and she gets on me because she said I shouldn't be running as much as I should, as much as I am. 
hence I having the knee and foot problems. But uh, she reminded me, she was like, you know, first of all, it's a blessing. You know, just a few months ago, you could barely walk around. You were had a walker. You were limping around, and now you're out running. And sometimes I, I lose sight of that. And it's, and it's, and it's good to remind me, re, be re, reminded that God did a work in healing. And he can do the same thing for you. And people will be amazed and astonished at how fast, you know, you were just walking around on a walker in March, and now you're out running around the track. Uh, that is God. Uh, and sometimes we can forget that because we're in the midst, and you get, like I said, you get all the things thrown at you, you forget what the Lord has done. Uh, but he is in the miracle-working business, and I believe that with our focused faith, what he's called us to do, without any distraction, we can get it done. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.